Hello and welcome to the Supplemental Seminary Show. This is show number four, and we are just getting back, been meaning to for the longest time to get this podcast started and to be able to come to you and answer some questions. You may ask, what is Supplemental Seminary? Well, it is a resource, as I quickly discovered and pastor in two churches that in ways I was not adequately, adequately ready to pastor. I guess we studied the Bible. We knew theology, but when it comes to technology, electrical, plumbing, audio, uh, when it comes to sound systems and a whole lot of other things, uh, we had to learn a whole lot. And so that's what this show is all about. It gives us a resource and a place that we can come and join together and talk about those supplementary subjects that we deal with in the ministry. So thanks for joining me. And if you ever have any questions, please let me know. As a pastor, you have to know a little bit about a lot of things. As I mentioned earlier, these um, other areas in which we were not maybe adequately supplied or prepared for. And so that's what I want to help you with. Just want to talk about right now my audio chain that I'm using. Because one of the things I want to be able to do is help you with your audio and sometimes people ask me, do I need to get a microphone if I'm doing a podcast, if I am doing a blog, or not a blog, but a YouTube page or, you know, for my phone, do I need a microphone? And the answer will always be yes. You do need in whatever you're doing, an external microphone that is not provided with your device, whether it be a iPhone, Samsung, LG, or some other DSLR mirrorless camera, you will need an external microphone is my recommendation. Now you don't have to spend a whole lot. There's a variety of different microphones. There are USB microphones and there's some good USB microphones out there that you could use. Uh, depends on your budget, depends on how far down the rabbit hole that you're willing to go and how much things bother you and how much you're trying to uh, perfect it. And the audio signal chain that I'm using to bring audio to you in this podcast and this video podcast that will be put on YouTube as well is I'm speaking right now into uh, not my desired microphone I wanted to use today because I have not had a chance to treat audio treat the room in which I'm speaking, which is my office or a study, I should say, at the church. And I have not had a chance to put up my acoustical foam. And so I don't know if you can hear it. Hopefully not. But I wanted to use my dynamic Rode Procaster. But I was unable to because we just recently moved. And it seems in the move when we pulled out the XLR, some of the pins wanted to come out with it. And so I had to switch microphones. And this is a wonderful sounding microphone. The downside in this situation, not that it is that bad, but... It is a condenser microphone, and a condenser microphone picks up everything, which can be good and can be bad, and is not recommended in a non-treated environment, in which I'm speaking right now. So there is the issue of reverb, reverb, echo, and so forth that I hope does not ruin this podcast. Well, so my audio signal chain is a big word. It is a TechZone Audio Products Stellar X2 Vintage, that's the microphone. They have a regular version, and this is the Vintage, which was highly recommended on 
YouTube and watching the reviews and stuff online. And I'm running that XLR down a road boom arm links to this will be in the description below. And I'm running into a hardware to process my voice, which is coming right into the DBX 286S, which has a mic preamp that is able to push a dynamic microphone and give it enough preamp and enough boost, enough gain in order to operate. However, this being a condenser microphone, I do have 48 volt of phantom power enabled there as well as an 80 Hertz high pass, or we could say a low pass filter. And then I'm operating a compressor and then a de-esser to reduce those S's like snake. And then also we're running an enhancer, which has a low frequency to add some, enhance the bass and then a top end for that crispiness. And this microphone is quite crispy on the top end. So I reduced that down to a two. And then I have an expander gate that helps reduce the closes that gate at negative 30 decibels, the threshold at a ratio of two to one. And in an attempt to reduce uh, those, uh, anything below that. Okay. As far as decibel wise, any background noise, any fans, that type of thing. Then we have the output gain set at negative 10 because I'm re recording through OBS, which I'll get to in a minute. So that's the audio signal chain. Large, I guess we could say a large die. It is a condenser microphone. I don't know if it's a large diaphragm microphone, but it tech zone audio product stellar X2 vintage, which I enjoy this microphone. Uh, do talk to me about it before you purchase it because you also have the Rode NT1, which is really, if I could was compare the two, I would go with the Rode because it is uh, a little better made and so forth. <clears throat> but in any event, I still like the microphone. Then run XLR down the road, boom arm, so I can place the microphone, as you can see if you're watching on YouTube, in the shot. And then XLR in a 286S DBX to process my voice. This is a hardware solution. You, there's software solutions for that. And then I'm going into the Focusrite, uh, which is the Scarlett Solo, taking XLR in, and then I'm running that USB onto my computer. And then that is going into OBS. Okay, so that's a whole lot going on, but that's what it takes in order to do this. Also, I'm wearing some Studio Sony's uh, headphones in order to monitor my voice and to make sure I'm coming through so I don't strain my voice. So that is the reason for the cans, as they call them, or the headphones. So that's the audio signal chain. I do it like Rode products, by the way. I do have uh, several of those. You don't necessarily need all the things that I have here. Like I said earlier, it's just, it depends on how far down the rabbit hole you're willing to go. And you don't have to spend a whole lot. I could get you started on a USB microphone. I could get you started on a simple $100 dynamic microphone. And you could bring it to your computer and create an environment and do a recording. And then later what you could do is do this in post. What this is allowing me to do basically to, to make a long story short is to allow me to process my voice in real time so that I don't have to spend the time later in post and taking over to o Adobe audition or audacity and adding the compressor and the gate and the limiter and all those things, which, Hey, that's, that's an option. If your budget is limited, there is an option that you can do that. As far as bringing the video in, I'm using a Logitech Brio 
webcam, which is one of the best webcams on the market. And with, as far as they say, I'm not a big fan of the webcam. I'd rather use a mirrorless or DSLR camera to get a better shot. I've always had an aggravation. I've had a Logitech uh, C920, got pretty good use out of it, but there, there's always lighting issues with, uh, in my experience, I'm not, I'm more of an audio than I am a video guy. And so I've had problems with that in the past, but I did order this through an app mercenary. I think it is got it used and ordered it from California because it was sold out because of the pandemic. So the video is on an extension arm above one of my monitors, and then it's going in USB to the computer. All right. Which is going to a USB three Jack, uh, because, uh, we want to get all the video. All right. So that's, what's going on there. Now let's talk about, I want to talk about today about five elements for a successful live stream, five elements for a successful live stream. These will be essential to all these parts of having a successful live stream, whether you're doing it like me, you like to create a home studio, maybe in your church or a sound booth, or you'd like to be able to broadcast your services live from your church, which we've helped several churches on live streams. You'll need these five elements. You need each and every one of them. The first one is very important that you're just going to need. There's no way to get around it. You're going to need a very good, reliable internet connection. You're not going to be able to do much of anything with a live stream. If you don't have a reliable, fast, probably business class, I'd say for churches or even homes, which you don't necessarily have to have the business, but you need a good high quality, high quality internet connection. Now I'm not big on knowing all the little ins and outs of the exact what you need. You could search that and Google it. You could look at, look it up and to see exactly what you need as far as upload speed and so forth. But I know you're going to have to have a good quality reliable internet connection. So that's the first thing you need to get into. You don't have to know all the ins and out of this to start live streaming. I don't understand how a car works. I mean, to a point I do, I just drive it. And so when it comes to the internet, just take recommendations. See what, what is available in your area. Uh, there are some areas that do not have a reliable internet connection. They're not able to live stream. And there are some other options we could talk about in the future when it comes to, uh, some alternatives to that. So you need a, a reliable internet connection. If you don't have the internet connection, you're not going to be able to live stream because this is done online. Now, I don't know how many times I've had to explain that to people. You'd be surprised that you're going to have to have a reliable internet connection in order to live stream. And you don't have to, if, if I was in a church and it was, I mean, we was on a really tight budget. I'm talking, we didn't have the options that most people have. Then it could be avoided to get an, you say you couldn't get an internet. You say you couldn't afford an internet connection. Maybe, you know, you just don't have the budget for it. There's still a lot of things that you can do by using somebody's cell phone and you could uh, record in the service by having a, you know, inexpensive external microphone to record and get good audio. Uh, Cause you don't want to sound like you're so far away and echo and boomy and all that. Uh, and then upload it later and have like, a, you know, a uh, do a premiere on Facebook. So there, there's ways to do it if you're just hung up in an area and you said, preacher, I just don't have the internet connection. The next one is going to be a camera. Okay. If you're doing it 
sitting at a desk like I am right now, you have the option of a webcam that you could place above your computer. You can use, um, you know, you got webcams, you have DSLR cameras, which I like. I've used the, uh, Canon SL2 and then I'm getting ready to try out the Lumix G7 once I figure that out and get that set up and that will shoot in uh, 4k, which this particular webcam will shoot in 4k as well. Then again, I've seen people get good quality out of a $30 Bobo, no name Bobo, uh, webcam and, and they're actually doing it. Okay. So those are options. If you're want to do a live stream in your church, you could use, uh, first of all, a, what you have, I mean, you can use your iPhone, you can use a Samsung device, get a stand for it, that type of thing. Or either you could also use a camcorder as long as it has a clean HDMI out means, you know, you used to watch old America's funniest home videos and you've seen where people recorded and had the little battery life and how much time and the date that stamp on there is what I mean by you need a clean HDMI out. So if there's some affordable options there around about $200 with live streaming, your money's going to be in your camera. It depends on what your, the quality in which you want. I've used GoPros, which I wouldn't recommend for live streaming. I mean, you could uh, make something work with that, which would be a good option if you just want to record and after the fact upload. Uh, you know, somebody has a GoPro that would work. You could make it work. I've worked with the camcorders that have a clean HDMI out. They have pretty good quality. The next step up would be using a DSLR camera, mirrorless camera. Depends on your distance. That's going to be an issue. Like I say, a photography camera, if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say DSLR or if I say mirrorless camera. And then they have the PTZ, which we installed in the church, which is, uh, pan tilt zoom that we've installed permanently in the ceiling or could be on an L bracket on the wall, uh, connected to the computer by SD cable. It just depends on how far again down the rabbit hole you're willing to go and the quality you get what you pay for folks. It just depends on how much that bothers you and how much you're willing to invest. The next one is a microphone or audio, I should say, but microphones important. If you're doing a live stream like I am, you don't necessarily need a tech zone audio stellar X2 vintage. It is, um, I like it. I mean, just because I'm into microphones, but I also have a Rode NT1. I have a Rode Procaster, which is a USB, I'm excuse me, not USB. The Procaster is an XLR microphone. And so I have those three microphones and I enjoy those. Like right now I'm speaking in a condenser. I should be speaking in a dynamic microphone because it reduces a lot of background noise. So you can get that good audio. Well, right now I'm reduced to using it, uh, in an untreated environment. So it may not be the best, but we're going to do what we can for what we got. And then also, uh, microphones. I could talk all day about microphones. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time there. You could tap into your sound system. There's several ways you can do that through the, if you have an analog board, you could come out the stereo out. Okay. You could come out, um, whether it be quarter inch or XLR, or you could come out of, uh, auxiliary. Okay. We got a new digital soundboard in which we're coming out. One of the master buses that's designed or set up for the live stream to get that audio into 
the computer into the live stream. So you, first of all, you got to have good, good, reliable internet connection. You need a camera, obviously a microphone or your audio tapped into your sound system, your lighting, which is another important element. This shot may not look the best, but I do have a light, as you can see on the other side, which is, this is a soft box in the background if you're watching. And I just have that lit up because I turned the other side of the room, the, the lights out to give an effect of depth and so forth. And that way the focus is not in the back. It's more on myself in the foreground, but I do have two umbrella photography lights on either side of me that is lighting me during this time. If I was to turn those off, it would look like I was sitting in a dark room. So you need the proper lighting. This is a cheap Amazon kit. I'm getting ready to upgrade if you're interested, but I got this off Amazon. It is better if you have those that you can adjust. These are kind of either either on or they're off, which is good. Um, it's okay, but it's not the best. You want to be able to control and operate that. The lighting itself in a video or in a, in a church service, or especially if you're in a room at your house and creating an office or studio is going to be very important. So there's a whole lot that goes into this. Back to a microphone. Let me encourage you to really amp up and really look into investing in a microphone. If you are doing Zoom calls, if you are doing YouTube videos, if you are doing anything on the internet, you need a microphone. You don't have to spend a whole lot. I got, I got several recommendations. You reach out to me. I'd be glad to help you in getting the right microphone to you. There's, there's a variety of them. It depends on what you're doing, how much you're willing to invest and what you'd like to do with it. Okay. I mean, there's, for example, there's headsets kind of like what I have. These are headphones, but there are those that have the little boom on it. Some people don't like the microphone in the shot. They don't want to see it. That's something you got to think about. I like the microphone in the shot, but you may not want it visible in the frame. So that's something also to think about the camera. You got a little lavalier microphones that you could, you know, tack on here, ear pieces you can put in or just a desktop, you know, dynamic microphone that you could speak into. Then you're going to need software. Uh, there are free options out there right now. I'm recording this through OBS. And so I can show you on the screen right now. I'm recording through OBS. I have to bring it over to this screen so you can see it. And then also I have to, you kind of see it's kind of this echo back and forth through here. And that's the reason, cause I'm doing a screen recording. So that gives you an idea of, you can see my audio levels down here and you can see my different scenes that I have that I'm switching between. This is a free software OBS, which is open broadcaster software. It is a learning curve, just like anything else. It's not going to be as user-friendly. So I would encourage you to, if, if you're not willing to really take the time to learn, I'm going to have told churches to go with Something that's relative, not relative, well, relatively new in a sense, uh, which is a software called StreamYard. And StreamYard is very user-friendly and at kind of a beginner level. There are more things, uh, you know, gives you more control using OBS or some of these other softwares that you pay for. And of course, OBS is free, but there's a learning curve. You got like vMix and Ecamm Live and all these different ones that you can 
stream with, but StreamYard is an online resource. I have a link in the description if you'd like to get $10 off through my affiliate link. And it is very, you can add overlays, you can add different things in there, titles and so forth, and show your screen and share your screen and all that. And it just, it's just easy to use, easy to navigate. So most of the churches I work with, I tell them just go with StreamYard. There is a fee on that. There is a free version, but you're going to be limited to streaming to one location, which is uh, with OBS, you're limited to stream to one location. But since they came out with a new update, you can stream to multiple locations for free, but it's not going to be as easy. So if you use, let's say OBS before you had to have Restream or Caster IO or something like that, that you'd have to send the stream out to, and it would distribute it for you. But StreamYard to set up one, it's so easy. If not, you're going to be going to YouTube. You're going to have to get stream keys, uh, you know, and then start the stream from Facebook and YouTube. What we do at our church, Faith Baptist Ambassadors, when we stream, uh, we stream using StreamYard to Facebook, first of all, the majority of our audience. We really built an audience on YouTube, and one of the benefits of YouTube is People can put it on their t smart TVs and put it up there. That is really popular. So we did stream to YouTube. And then what I've done on our website that I've built for our church is place a code in there. So anytime that we start a stream and it goes to Facebook and then it's going to go over to YouTube, it's automatically going to update on that, on that side to put it on the website with the code and update it. So it gives people multiple locations. They can watch it on Facebook. Not everybody has a Facebook. They can put it on, we put it on YouTube. They can watch it on their smart TV. And then we share it also with the website for those that may not have YouTube or Facebook. They can just go to the website and watch it from there. So you got the, the six elements, I should say, for a successful live stream. Internet, reliable internet connection, depending on what uh, camera you want, whether, you know, you could start out using the webcam you have on your laptop or iPad or whatever. And the microphone, the audio, if I had to choose between the two, I'd have better audio. Cause if you have terrible audio, nobody's going to watch or listen. So you need awesome audio. And by the way, awesome audio does not happen by accident. Then all you're going to need lighting. As you can see in the back, I got a soft box up front two photography, umbrella lights that you're going to need. Okay. You can use, there's some DIY stuff you could do. I mean, there, you could use some lamps or some, you know, you could work some things out. I mean, really, if you just like really tight budget, which I understand that, I mean, you could go down to home Depot or Lowe's or Walmart and get some of these lights that, you know, you put on your monitors that just these clamp light things, you know, that just, uh, put a, a bulb in it. Uh, then, you know, kind of go for led bulb or something, go from there. So then we talked about software, OBS, open broadcast software, vMix or StreamYard or one of these, uh, streaming, and then a computer, you need a computer, but believe it or not, I try to recommend going with a gaming computer. You want at least, I'd say an i5, i7 or higher processor. If you're on the PC side, at least eight gigs of Ram. Okay, if you're going to stream, uh, I would try to get more for future reference. But I mean, there's, I have one, it's HP gaming computer, allows me to do everything I need to do. 
it's not the fanciest. I did see some refurbished options from some other uh, YouTubers and stuff that may be a, a help to you. So those are going to be, as you can see, so, uh, six elements for a successful live stream, internet camera, microphone, audio, lighting, software, and computer uh, with a video capture card of some kind. I do have here uh, in my hands a little small cam link, which is a video capture device. Okay, very popular. I got this before the pandemic to bring in a uh, HDMI source that would make it USB. Okay, and to encode that to get it into your computer. Now, if you use a webcam like I'm using right now, you just go straight in USB. But if you use something like a mirrorless or a DSLR camera, you are going to need a video capture card. There are some that you can insert in the computer. That's what I've done with our computer here at the church. It's a Blackmagic uh, design, which takes the SD, okay, that's coming from our PTZ camera, <laughs> uh, pan, tilt, zoom that's installed in the ceiling. And then we take that, and then also I have another out where I can add another, another camera angle by using HDMI, but I haven't done that yet. Plan to use the camcorder we had previously to add that as like a big, you know, broad shot of the entire audience while we adjust the other camera and then go back. Okay. Let me talk about something else that I've realized in ministry is when, for those of you that passed or looking to go in the ministry there or pastor in a church, there is a lot of things that you need to do, a lot of things you need to take care of. And I try to categorize those and I want to share this with you and hopefully it be a a help to you whenever something is sent to me or something needs to be done within the church, then I kind of categorize it in these, in these categories. I say, okay, it either falls under ministry. Now ministry would be endeavors. We're willing to take, we're willing to move forward. We're wanting to accomplish some things, get the gospel out ministry, ministry, ministry. And that's why we're here in order to minister to others and so forth. Then there's maintenance. Oh boy, if you pastor a small local church, I'm telling you, or even a larger facility, you're going to, and especially the ones I'm talking to and that my show is really directed towards that would be listening would be pastors of small works or small churches, which there are no small works with God. You know what I'm saying? But I'm talking about when it comes to these ministries, that we don't have a full-time, you know, maintenance staff to take care of them. And so a lot of things are going to fall in the category of maintenance, water leaks, commodes that need to be replaced, plumbing issues, HVAC problems, roofing problems, you know, parking lot problems, uh, sound system problems, uh, mold or mildew or whatever else you can think of that would fall under the plethora of the things that need to be done under maintenance, painting. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Then there's missions. You know, we have our missionaries. We need to be taking care of those over how you do that. Then there's our members. Okay. You need to take care of your members, give them calls, check on them, that type of thing. Then there are memorials for those who are bereaved, those who are passed on. Well, out of those, it's going to fall in one of those categories. If something comes to me as a problem, and by the way, it was a good day in my life when I realized that the pastorate is that 
you know, I thought, well, one of these days I'm going to have a great ministry when I'm able to get rid of all the problems in the ministry until I realized one day, and it took me years and my second church to realize that that's what I do. <laughs> I'm the, we are solvers of problems, folks, solvers of problems. So when people come to us, they have problems and they're looking for solutions. So I'm going to fall in these categories, ministry, maintenance, missions, members or memorials. And I'm sure if you think of more, please share with me. So we'll fall in one of those categories. Here's one of the things that I've realized is, and I know we're in a pandemic right now. 2020 has not, has been difficult on so many levels, pastoring and ministry and so forth, church growth, what have you. But if you're going to get to a point that you're growing and your church is growing, then it means you're going to have to be able to reduce these two things. We'll actually reduce this one so you can spend more time on the reason we're really here. Now, I'm not against maintenance. I love maintenance. I, I do it around the church. I, I will paint. I will sweep. I will clean. I'm not too good for that. But it's not necessarily the best use of my time. But however, I want to do my part. So most of the things around your church probably going to fall within the realm of maintenance. We could even say, well, we need to check on the internet for our live stream. That's really maintenance. We need to see about running a line to an ethernet cat five line or cat five E line to our live stream or our camera. That's really maintenance. Or I need to run a cable audio cable maintenance. Okay. So you, you get what I'm looking at. Need to install the bracket for the camera maintenance. You need to put the can install the camera maintenance, so forth. These things need to be done, but where we really grow is where we get into ministry endeavors when we're doing new things, when we're reaching out to new people and so forth. In order to do that, you're going to have to reduce maintenance, reduce maintenance. Now by reducing maintenance, I'm not talking about not doing anything yourself or, you know, not allowing your people to do it, but there needs to be parameters in which you work, uh, that you resource out and so forth to reduce maintenance. We can talk about that in a future podcast. So hopefully that helps you the things that we've talked about here on the supplemental seminary show episode number four, we talked about what is supplemental seminary was a wonderful resource is those of you watching on YouTube can see the screen that I also have a website. Okay. That I want you to visit supplementalseminary.com. I need to update it, but it does talk about, I have gear and resources, uh, podcast, and then I do web design, a blog. I really haven't kept up with. Uh, so just, to, I'm kind of a l- little bit into everything right now. And I want to be a resource to you when it comes to technical issues that you may run into in your church or personally, when you're trying to get the gospel out, do have a Facebook page with the supplemental seminary on Facebook. If you search it, you'll be able to find them. Get ready to start a, and you'll see some of the YouTube videos that I have as far as this DBX 286S I'm using right now to process my voice as well as a Rode Procaster that I go through a walkthrough on that. And then I do a video. I've done a video on how to design graphics for free, uh, using Canva. So there's a lot of graphics, uh, designs uh, for free that you can design because most time, if you're a small church, you're doing those yourself too. And then uploading church bulletins to website, your website and so forth, uh, home 
studio live stream setups, just tremendous resources that you can go through. Find my YouTube page, which is Supplemental Seminary, search for it, and you'll be able to find that as well. So I'm trying to offer small church solutions, which I guess I could say small church technology solutions. That'll be a help to you. Also, I'm getting ready to create a, a page that will be a closed page, a group uh, that will be a part of a uh, private group, I guess you'd say, of those made up that we can talk and discuss things and help each other out on this. So be looking for that if you'd like to be added to it. But I really appreciate you listening, and we plan to do this show once a week. So trust to be a blessing to you and a resource. Be sure to reach out to me and subscribe if you're listening to the podcast for future-related content. You can listen through the podcast. Uh, various uh, platforms, Apple Podcasts, look at Spotify and so forth, Google Podcast. Be sure to share it with someone else that may be a resource as well and a help. And then you find me on YouTube. Be sure to like, subscribe to the channel for future-rated con- content as well as find me on Facebook. And then be sure to look at the website. All right, trust you. Take care during these difficult times. Let's help one another with the challenges of which we face. And we'll catch you in the next episode.